Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. Part of the age. Hey, Jesus was God. The ratio was 1 and 12, okay? We understand that? 1 and 12 was bad, okay? Where does that leave you and me in the human standpoint? Well, I ought to know if Jesus got betrayed by one of his own, what makes you and me think that we're not going to run into a few bad apples along the way as well? So what do I do? Do I just say, uh, I'm just going to recluse. Uh, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm a rock. I'm an island. I'm going to build my little wall. And occasionally I might, yep, just what I thought. Or are we going to say, okay, I, I, you know, God, I, yeah, I might get burned. But you know what? I found what God does. He makes up the difference when we are and when we do get burned. God, God's the, the great shock absorber. So he says, I'm going to call you friends. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear much fruit and that your fruit would remain. And whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, I like this because Jesus is talking to the disciples and he said, it isn't that you picked me. I picked you. Oh, Matthew, Matthew Levi, tax collector for the Roman government. You probably bet he was well-liked. See, they'd hire locals because locals understood locals. Matthew would sit at the gate of the city. Everybody knew who Matthew Levi was. Sit at the gate of the city. People would bring in their goods through. You bring it into the city, you pay a tax on it. Yeah, let's see, what do you got there? Oh, I got some bales of straw, a couple of cantaloupes. Chicken in a basket, onion rings, and a chocolate malt. Okay, that's going to be, and he tells you the price. Bring that into the city, that's going to cost you so many shekels. The next person, you know, they could have taken somebody from, from some other part of the world, Asia Minor, put him in the, in, in, in the gate of, of, of Jerusalem. They don't know what stuff is valued there, what it sells for. I mean, things might be very common where he was from, might be quite a rarity where in Jerusalem, and so they would hire locals. But when you hired a local, you sold out to their system. This is why tax collectors were hated in the, in the Bible, generally speaking. Well, Levi was a tax collector. Um, you have James and John, sons of thunder, the Bible say, says. They were revolutionaries. Oh, I would like to bend around the campfires with Jesus, with the sons of thunder and Matthew Levi. We want to overthrow the government. You collect money for the government, or at least you did. Matthew is bringing the money in. Day-to-day doldrum. I'm hated again today, but another 50 shekels, please. Jesus walks along and says, 
follow me. Wow. He didn't write him a 19-page letter or anything. He just looked at him and said, follow me. I think Matthew Levi was so sick of his life, so sick of being hated, so sick of the dollars and cents of it all. The Bible says he got up and walked off. There was no two-week notice, no checking out his vacation pay, nothing like that. He just got up and walked off. He said, I didn't, you didn't call me, I called you, Jesus said. And so, you did not choose me, I chose you. To go and bear fruit, your fruit would remain, and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You know, it's God's good pleasure to answer our prayers. Do you know why we ask God for things? First of all, we realize where it came from. It came down from the Father of Lights. The Bible says God already knows what we need before we ask him. Somebody would say, then why ask him? So it reminds you where it came from. We need to be aware of that. Well, it says I can ask things and God's name is going to do it. Well, God, lucky lotto numbers, come on, bring it on. You know, that pruning thing I talked about earlier, that's what keeps us where God wants us. You know, David said, never make me to the point where I'm so wealthy I forget you, God. And don't leave me poor where I embarrass you by, be- by begging. There's that balance that comes in. Have you ever noticed how sometimes things we get affect us? Or money that we have affects us? Well, that's what he's talking about. There, there's, there's a balance that we've got to find. But friends, and this is the problem. This is the problem with communism is it's one shoe fits all. One shoe doesn't fit all. We're all individuals. We all look different. God's got individual callings on every one of us. Only God can tell me what I need to do. Only God can tell you what you need to do. That's why I need to be very careful in thinking that God's going to react and deal with every one of us the same exact way individually. That's why I believe that when you pray as a child of his, Whatever you ask in my name, he'll give it to you. God's got a way for you to be influenceable in the world and the sphere of of friends that you're in. That's what God wants to do. Now, I, I can't look at somebody else and go, oh, wow, what you need to do is have this or have that. Then it'll happen for you. No, that's what God has them doing. I have found in my life it's easier to copycat than it is to pray. Have you ever noticed that? What's everybody else doing? That's what I'll do. That isn't what Christianity is. Christianity is going to God, as he says here, whatever you ask in my name, not whatever you see everybody else doing, ask in my name, that'll do for you. Why is that? Because God has an individual call on your life, on my life. And what God does in each one of our lives, sometimes it's collective as a church, Most of the time, it's individual for what God has you do. I think it's really amazing that true evangelism and true revival is not copied from something else, but it's a fresh wind, fresh fire kind of thing where God does something brand new in every one of us. Then he goes on and he says this. And by the way, you might say that 
This is the summary. If you don't understand verses 12 through 16, you won't understand verse 17. Verse 17 is, these things I commanded you that you would love one another. So if I understand that I have a, an example, Jesus lays his life down for me, that he's called me to love one another, that he showed me that the Father will withhold nothing from me, let me know what's going on, that he says, love one another. I like this. Verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hates you. If you are of the world, the world would love your own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Never forget these verses. Now, I have heard ministers say some of the craziest things concerning this I've ever heard. Talk about weird things. I've heard them say that the reason why the world has not received Christ as their Savior is because Christians do such a lousy job representing who Jesus is. You ever heard that before? I have. Who wouldn't want to accept a Savior that would bless them and heal them and restore them? Yeah, and I, I actually heard these words and I thought, yeah, that's right. And then all of a sudden I went, and I go, wait a minute. It isn't because of us The Bible says people love darkness rather than light because their what? Deeds are evil. That's why. So he says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. In other words, the gospel message is going to be rejected by most people because they love darkness. Now, another thing that's grossly missing today in the church is a word called repentance. Now, repentance just simply means change the way you think about it. I'm not going to do it like that anymore. You ever repented from the way you have painted something? Have you ever said this? I'm never going to do that again. That's repentance. It can be from working on your car. How don't you hate... I, I was talking to one of the brothers in our church. Had a timing sensor go out in his car. He uh, looked online, said you had to take the exhaust all off and all this stuff and everything like that. He said he crawled underneath the car and he says, I just realized I could reach my hands up around the exhaust and take the part out. I like that. But the thing is, is that repentance means I don't have to do it the way I used to do it. Or I don't have to do it the way everybody else says I need to. See, the world tells you, if you want to be happy, you better wash your teeth with shiny brighter. It's curtains for you, Muggsy. Or they may say something else. If you drive this kind of car, live this kind of... We play one of the songs on the effect car. I'm not the car I, I'm not the car I drive. I'm not the clothes I wear. I love the song. It's true. We're who Jesus made us. So he says, if you are of the world, the world would love you. But you're not of the world. Now, One of the things you have to remember. Being a Christian in the world ain't cool. Okay? I want to be cool, man. I want to be styling. But being a Christian in the world ain't cool. Why is that? Because we're going against the flow. So if you think as a Christian, your friends are treating you weird, they probably are. But that's okay. 
Because I'd rather be right with God in his sight than the applause of people. And we have to always remember that. Jesus even brings this back into remembrance in verse 20. He says, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So we have to remember then that the world doesn't understand because the Bible says the God of this world blinded their eyes to what God really offers them. That's why I believe when we want someone to get saved, we need to pray and say, God, bind Satan's eyes or bind their eyes from Satan's power so they can see what you offer them. Now he says, but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake because they do not know him who sent me. If they come, if they, excuse me, if I had not come, and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. In other words, ignorance. And many people like to stay in ignorance. But ignorance never blesses you. People say things, well, what you don't know won't hurt you. You heard that one? No more untrue words ever spoken. Hey, I'm driving down the road in my car. There's a little red light come on. Oh, must be Christmas. What's it say? Oil. You're not going to go very long. Well, you know what? What you don't know won't hurt you. Ignorance is bliss. No, that little light is on telling you there's something really, really wrong. Do you ever think about that in your own life? There's little red lights that come on as you're driving down the road of life in your brain. And all of a sudden you see little red lights come on and you're saying, I shouldn't be here. I, I, I talked to people. I know this one guy. He got saved because he said, I was with a group of people. And he said, I was with a bunch of partiers. And they were all getting loaded. And he said, it was just like a light came on saying, I'm not supposed to be here. And he said, that's the, one of the first things. He said, so I listened to that and I got out of that group. Changed his life. Came and accepted Christ as a Savior. He's never been the same person since. Why is that? Because I think that God speaks to people that aren't even saved. Remember in the Old Testament, how many people who were not Christians got dreams from God? Remember Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the, the, the statue of gold that he saw, shoulders of silver, stomach of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron and clay. He, he saw this image, didn't know what it meant. We remember Pharaoh saw the seven fat cows and the seven skinny cows and, and, and didn't know what it meant. All the way through the Bible, you'll find people that weren't godly. God was speaking to them. How much more do you think God would speak to us, his own children? He will. He who hates me, Jesus says in verse 23, hates my father also. If I, had not done, um, if I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. You know, I, we've talked about this before. People say, oh, if Uncle Fred could just see a miracle, he'd believe in God. Pharaoh saw all kinds of miracles. Ten plagues, a matter of fact. 
And in every miracle that God did, Pharaoh's heart got harder. The Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. People say, well, what kind of a God is it that hardens his heart and then punishes him for it? No, no, no. It's not the way it works. What happened? The more miracles that God did in Pharaoh's kingdom, the harder Pharaoh's heart got. Why is that? Was it that God was hardening his heart? Well, the only thing the Bible ever tells us about God hardening Pharaoh's heart was that God did miracles. Now, remember, the more miracles that Jesus did, the harder the Pharisee's heart got. In fact, what capped it all, as if you've been following with us on Sunday morning at all, in the previous chapters in the book of John, we remember that Lazarus had died. And we remember that he, they'd heard that Jesus heard that he was sick. He tarried a couple extra days, got there. Mary and Martha run up. Jesus, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. Now, it's always interesting. We like to blame God for things that go wrong. They were doing it too. Jesus didn't say, okay, I'm out of here. No, he worked with them. Remember, God will work with us in our unbelief. And so they took Jesus to where he was. He, Jesus said, roll away the stone. And he called Lazarus out of the grave. Now, I, I look at this and I realize that, that God in his purpose, his plan for our life, we may not always understand it. But in that miracle that Jesus did, the Pharisees reacted violently to it. First of all, Jesus could bring dead people back to life. They didn't like Jesus in the first place. Now he's doing this one. This is really hard. And you know what they said? The Pharisees said? It's recorded for us. We not only have to kill Jesus, but we have to kill Lazarus as well. Now, now we have the Pharisees turning into ISIS. They're going around wanting to kill everybody. Why is that? Because Jesus not only could heal the sick, he could raise the dead, and we have to destroy the miracle that God did. That's why people don't like you. They see the miracle that God's done in your life. And so this happened, that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will, hear, will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. You know, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to us to comfort us and to help us and encourage us. I pray you have that comfort and help that comes from him. This morning, if you're not a Christian, I can tell you a couple of things. One, you're missing out on being protected. You've got a lot of stuff in your life that don't belong. I'm just telling you this. You can think about it. You've got a lot of stuff that don't belong. You don't even know how to get rid of it out of your life. That's one of the problems that you'll find. In living without God, we don't know how to get rid of stuff. The Bible says he clips us. Now, I suppose if that branch could talk, it would go, ow, ow. That's okay. God does that. He does that. He prunes us so that we'll bear more fruit. You know the other thing he takes out of our life? Dead wood, dead branches. It says he cuts them off. Now, it just saps the strength of the, of the, of the vine. It, it uh, is a breeding ground for disease. 
And so he cuts those off. If you're not a Christian, you have no one taking care of you. The Bible says, as a matter of fact, you're without a father. You're an orphan. So I would invite you to come under the love and the covering of Christ this morning. The Bible says there's only two ways you can go. You can go your way or you can go God's way. This is what we do when we come to Christ. We say, okay, God, I'm taking all my aspirations, visions, dreams. I'm leaning at your feet. Resurrect what you want. Kill what you don't want. I'm yours. I'm about your business. God says, okay, now we can go somewhere. That's what God does. So this morning, I just want to invite you to consider Christ. If you don't have someone that watches over you, who is? What monitors, what gauges, what comes in your life and goes out of your life? You know, isn't it funny that if you're a Christian here, you know exactly what I mean. You'll be around and you'll hear a little voice inside of you saying, you shouldn't be doing this. That's God. That's a clip. Don't ever be angry because God says you shouldn't get into that. You know why? Because that's his voice telling you he loves you. Hey, listen, if you've been around kids, you know they can do things that you couldn't even dream what they could do. I wonder where they get their ideas sometimes. I, I'm amazed what they think can fit in a toilet. From toothbrushes that they will be using in a few minutes, to their toys, to your shoes, to many other things, even their pets. It's amazing. There's no one there to stop them. You've got a God in heaven that will stop you from doing things that will destroy your life. If you're not a Christian here today, the Bible says to repent. We're going to pray right now, and you can ask Christ to come in your life. So if you need to get right with God, let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I admit to you I'm a sinner, and I need your salvation. So from this day forward, I ask you to come in my life, take out of my life what doesn't belong, put in my life what does belong, Thank you for recording my name in your book of life. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. So I commit now myself, my plans, my dreams, my visions, all of that is in your hands. No longer me, but you, Jesus. And so from this day forward, I walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that. Welcome to God's family. Starts with a prayer. God will show you your whole life is goodness. If you don't have a Bible, give you one. And a couple other things that will help you. Just the general outline of trusting God. Let God be God in your life. If you're listening by radio, I just want to invite you to call. And we'll be glad to send you out God of Wonders and a Bible if you don't have one. And uh, you'll be blessed. Begins with a prayer, but God will show you your whole life, his goodness. Start reading the book of John. We'll have a baptism. You come and be baptized and let God bless you, heal you and restore you. The Bible says he will. Father, for every one of us this morning, as we looked at your word, that joy comes from knowing that we have one that takes care of us. And so we thank you for doing that. We realize, God, that we're in a hostile world against your love and who you are. And so, Lord, help us break down those walls that people have built against you. May we be able to communicate your truth, your love, 
in a way perhaps they've never heard before, never seen before. And Lord, most of all, that as your word says, that we would love one another. We'd watch out for one another. We'd take care of one another. Just as your word says we should. And so, Father, we commit this week into your hands. And for those that said yes to you, just ask you that you would bless them and they would see life differently from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at the River Christian Fellowship com slash it's time on behalf of pastor mike and the rest of us here at the river christian fellowship thank you for listening and tune in next time for it's time <laughs>